0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: I love when I hear that announcement. It just absolutely sends me because I know when I hear that blog talk radio, I'm going live to the masses. And I love Fridays. I look forward to every Friday now because I'm here with my co host, my dear friend, my business associate. Doctor Charlie, Cartwright, there's a doctor in the house. <laughs> in the house that's for sure. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know, all jacked up and ready to rip. This is, by the way, the K Factor, which is sponsored by Partners in Excellence. And Charlie and I are absolutely partners in excellence. We shoulder it up together to do this show. We're shouldering it up to do all kinds of things as a result of the energy of this show, and we are reaching for excellence. What does it mean in terms of excellence? Well, excellence is when you're striving. You want to be the best. You're striving to be the best. At what? At whatever it is you're focused on. And do you ever get there? No, because you never arrive at the pinnacle. You get there and you go, golly, it's so awesome here. Let's now do this. So here, in Partners in Excellence, we wanted to sponsor a show about the world's currency, which is kindness. And the K factor is where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. The kindest thing that we decided that we could do was come together every Friday and talk about Freedom Fridays. Why? Because you've most of the time had the work week, and now you're looking at, Let's call it an evaluation, and assessment of the week, and then you're heading into the weekend. Which, let's pretend you get some time off. <laughs> We're going to talk about all those ways, right, Dr. Cartwright?
0: Absolutely. It's uh, it's always awesome to be here, and and freedom is uh, so important, as we all as we all know, and the more ways we can. Trying to achieve that mentally, physically,
1: emotionally, spiritually, better. Oh, jeez. You know, one of the things that you and I were talking about <clears throat> right before we went live is the real confusion there is on words. How we articulate our thoughts and our feelings. What does what does any particular word mean? And we were talking about freedom, but you were talking about it in particular in terms of health. So, big yeah, big time is right. So what do you mean? What the heck are you talking about?
0: Yeah, it's it's really come on my radar this week. And I just had this epiphany that we're dealing with this virus and we read so many things about it because I want to be informed also Right. For sure. But also, we do all of the, the noise and figuring out what's fact and what's fiction and fairy tale. And there's a lot of both out there. Yeah. And I understand that a lot of people don't have my background and my education. Right. So it would be very hard for them to distill uh, the difference between the two. And one of these topics is healthy. And I've read. Several articles where someone said, I was perfectly healthy, or my son was perfectly healthy, or this person was perfectly healthy, and then they caught this virus, and now they're hospitalized, or they could even lose the fight and, and die from it. Right. And so but what I see is that when I read some of these articles, like I read, one was on CNN, was a, let's say he was 16 years old. His teenager perfectly healthy mother said but when they when they got him to the hospital he had collapsed when they got him to the hospital they found out that he was type 1 diabetic (laughs) right and he's also morbidly obese
1: oh my gosh
0: so you have someone they didn't know about the type 1 diabetes but he's morbidly obese so if you're morbidly obese you're not perfectly healthy
1: no you're not anything close to healthy not
0: even close (laughs) Then you're type 1 diabetic, you're not perfectly healthy. So these misconceptions, and even if I'm, uh, say, I don't have those things, but say I'm not exercising, Mm -hmm. I don't exercise regularly, you're not perfectly healthy. I don't get enough sleep. Let's say a person that doesn't get enough sleep uh, during the week, you're not perfectly
1: healthy.
0: No. If you're a smoker, you're not perfectly healthy. Right. All right. If you don't have a good, solid, well balanced diet that you, you fuel your body and get it everything that it needs. You're not perfectly healthy. So, all of these things increase your risk factors for uh, disease, right? right. And that, that's just a fact of the matter. So, this, what people have in their mind, what perfectly healthy is, is really not accurate. And I, many people, I think that that's something that really should be investigated because each one of us, we're responsible for our health. It's not not my dentist's responsibility to take care of my teeth. It's, my, it's not my my physician's responsibility or my chiropractor's responsibility to take care of my health. It's mine. They can help me, but it's up to me. With what I do every day. I'm the one living on the body and therefore living with the consequences of my choices.
1: You know what? I really I really like this conversation uh, and, a, and a couple of things run through my mind. Number one, I would like for our listening and viewing audience to pull out a piece of paper and just number it from one to 10 and you don't have to print, but I want you to start at one. And if you are a smoker, put a check mark next to one or, or actually no, no. Uh, put a, put a slash or number 10. If you don't sleep well, put a slash through number nine. If you don't exercise routinely and regularly and strenuously. And, folks, if you want to tell me that, well, I vacuum every other day, that's not a workout. I don't care what you're vacuuming. That's not a workout. That's not what we mean. Um, A workout is you're really stretching and stretching your musculature and getting the blood flowing through your vascular system. I'm not going to tell you you have to do it for forty minutes or, or or break a sweat because it's a little bit different for everybody. But you know when you're exercising or when you're playing a game here saying, Oh yeah, yeah I exercise. Um, so then put a put a slash through number eight. If if you're if you're drinking alcohol at all, put a slash through number seven. If you're drinking alcohol every day, put a slash through number six. If you're on medications, I don't care what they are, put a slash through number five. Let's stop there. You are now, if perfect health is at 10, you're now at half health. All right, let's take it another step further. Freedom Fridays, for Dr. Charlie Cartwright and I, is talking about the state of your mind. You know, there's a lot of ways in which we talk about freedom. And we talk about people being infirmed or... um, incarcerated well yeah they've got their their freedom absolutely taken away but guess what you have your freedom taken away when you're so fat that you can't move freely when you're so out of shape that you can't take a walk when you're so anxious about where that next alcoholic beverage is going to come from that you start to get Crabby, cranky, and jittery because you need to take that in. Same with smoking, smoking cigarettes, or let's add smoking pot onto that. All those things are compromising your freedom. And what's the main thing that it's compromising? Your perspective. Charlie, when you and I are talking about all this, and you were talking about state of mind. And people's fear factor. Say more about that. Because I, I want people to really hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, the fear factor is really off the charts right
1: now. Oh, my. It,
0: it's really off the charts. And my best analogy right now is that the media, and I'm speaking specifically about news media, yeah. it, they're, they're selling fear. Selling it. People waiting in line to buy tickets. Yep. That, that's where we're at, and and it keeps feeding into itself, and it seems, and, and again, it's not everyone, but there's a there's a significant a number of individuals that are that are buying into what's being said, how it's being said, and and uh, <clears throat> and then it leads to behaviors that are counterproductive, like hoarding toilet paper. Or in paper towels. Right. Those things aren't helping any 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 situation. And um, you know the mindset of that fear, you know, it does things to your body chemically that actually lower your uses.
1: Yes, exactly. So
0: by having you know a, a negative fearful mindset, you're actually more susceptible. Not just to COVID, you're more susceptible to everything: Blue, cold, you name it. Yeah. because of that mindset. and so it's so important because our health really does start between our peers.
1: Yeah,
0: it really does start there. And understanding that will provide us with the information that's necessary to gather whatever resources, tools to bring under our purview so that we can counteract all of the negativity that's out there to keep ourselves in a healthy state. And because we're really in an unhealthy state as a nation from all this and the way things are being framed, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I was reading a, an article yesterday, I want to say it was in Yahoo. And so I can't remember if it was CNN or Reuters was the origin. But it was talking about these increases in cases yeah. of, um, of COVID, and it was speaking about Florida in particular. And it said that uh, for new cases, they were at a, a staggering 41.3 new cases per 100,000 people.
1: Yeah, right. That's staggering. yeah. That's what it said. Yeah. Staggering. So written I, by saying, someone who doesn't understand statistics.
0: So I'm just going to get my calculator out right now. A staggering .04% of their population. A 0.04. How is .04% staggering? But most people don't get their calculator out to no. figure that out. Oh, it's staggering. That's all it's point zero four .04%. That's not even a half of a tenth of a percent. I'm not staggering. And we also know that the majority of those people are asymptomatic. Yes, they
1: positive. <laughs> they're and so. you have to take the statistics of false positives and add that into it, and that drops it as well. And then here, here's the other part people will accuse us of, really? So you don't think those lives matter? Of course they do, but let's put it in perspective. Let's take the statistics for how many people had a coronary incident. How many people have high blood pressure or how many people have had a heart attack or a cerebrovascular accident. Let's just take the big number of cardiovascular disease patients. Are you kidding me? If we, and really I I should have Googled this before we got on the air. What is the percentage of new diagnoses this week in the United States of America for cardio events. Because if we would focus on that the way that we're focusing on what I'd like to have renamed the Wuhan virus, the China virus, thank you very much for that, China, then we would have something really important to be talking about. Because what we could do is we could take all the fear that's being sold by the media to us they're not even selling it. They're just delivering it free of charge. Here, we're dumping this off in your head. We're dumping this off in your head. And then people go, well, it's the news. Of course it's true. It's the news. It's a perspective. Listen to all the different outlets and you're going to get a little bit different part of reality. So when you do all that, now if we, if, you know, and there, and there's been, there's been so cycle sociological studies. When you take a whole community and you have them engaging in every behavior that we just listed off for cardiovascular well being, the whole community changes, their prognosis changes because their diagnoses change, and all of a sudden you've got a healthy, happy population. Okay, you know what? Nobody's looking at that because we haven't kept doing those studies and those routines. So America is fatter less exercised, eating more junk food, and being stressed out and smoking. And by the way, I haven't looked at the statistics since February and March but because I got so bummed out. In those two months, just from Express Scripts alone, the, the number of prescriptions written for anti-anxiety and antidepressant medications was up by like 22 and 31% within one month and the rate of suicide up. So what do we, I've said from the very beginning, I am not afraid of the germ. I am afraid of the sociological, psychological viral implication, right? And man, do we see it. Is there anybody untouched by this? Because even if you and I are healthy, I'm like a crazy person, lunatic about these masks a lot of people are gloving and the social distancing. I want my daily hugs with people and my hand embraces. I mean when I go to shake a hand, you know, I, I put the other hand on top so I get the full embrace. <laughs> it's lonely. I won't do the elbow. It's like no. If I can't have all of you, I want no elbow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just, you can't make this stuff up. So I just read yesterday that uh, Mr. Fauci is uh, is is advising Americans to start wearing goggles. Not making that up. Goggles.
1: Goggles. Because somebody said if we're going to take it in through our orifices, we need to cover our eyes. You know what they're going to tell us next? Earplugs. Right. Take you. Right. And cut you off.
0: It's unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it's just unbelievable. So he said, God was or you know, face shield. So we're gonna see people. Uh, it, it just, uh, well, so you're gonna see somebody driving in their car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <goggles>. <laughs> and, uh,
1: and a scarf. And a scarf. Looking, looking like they're on their way to a Halloween party. Uh, and gloves and earplugs and a hat and a hazmat suit. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. And we've only got about 95 days to go before we're at the elections. And depending which way it swings, we're either going to all of a sudden see Wulan go woo-woo, bye-bye, or we're going to be living in the depth of it. In a major league way, I—I got to tell you, I am doing every psychological maneuver I can to keep my sanity, which is why I wanted to do these shows. So, Charlie, you're on the hook. You're—you're—you're—you're you're, you're, you're accountable with me for my mental well-being.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, definitely a challenging time. And- Because of all the noise, there's just so much, and I just think that it's so important for each individual to take responsibility for their own health, right? Yeah, it is. And what I mean by that is become a student of the game, that understand your body, know something about it. Most people know more about their iPhone than they do about their own body. That's right. And how it it works, and that's really unfortunate Yeah. Because this thing, how, how long is this even going to be viable, right? Um, it's going to be out of date here in, what, 12 months or less? Yep. This body, we're living in it for the rest of our lives. So why not become a student of that? And this is the other thing about illness. People need to understand that it's not that, you know, this virus is so tough per se it's more about people that get sick lack of their immune response to fight it off. Right. So when we when we get sick, then our immune system has somehow broken down. And so the challenge is to figure out why that is. And if we understand how the immune system works, we can do our homework and say, Oh, I see where my gap is, that I'm not drinking enough water or I'm not getting enough rest or a combination of those things. Or hey, I need to make some tweaks to my diet right. in order to build up in order to build up my immune system. Or hey, what what's this what's this microbiome people are talking about? Most people don't even know what that word means by now. And so if they don't know what the word microbiome is or what it means, then how can they be actively contributing to it? Since it just happens to be seventy percent of our immune response.
1: So talk about that so that our audience can be the smartest audience around.
0: Yeah, so microbiome are the bacteria that live in our gut, okay? And so there's misconceptions that our human body is somehow sterile environment like a hospital. That's not true. Now, there are certain places that are sterile like our bones, but as far as the, the environment, we have literally... Billions and billions of, billions of microorganisms living within our intestinal tract. They're there to help us, okay? And so when things come in, they fight it off, they eat it up, they destroy it. However, we've got to take care of our microbiome, these microorganisms that live, that live inside of our gut system. Oh, you know, by the way, on our skin, which is the largest organ of the body. There's over a thousand species of microorganisms that live on our skin and we need them because that's our defense system. So we're killing them off with, with all these antimicrobial creams. I'm not saying you shouldn't wash your hands. You should. Yeah. And I guarantee people are sticking this stuff and putting it here Yeah. and killing, killing the microorganisms on our skin that we actually need. Yeah,
1: hands all the way up to elbows. Right. Um, therefore, making me more susceptible to
0: illness. Okay, so the microbiome is really amazing. And we're, we're made up of, the human beings are made up of about roughly 37 trillion cells. And so if you look at the cellular structure of the microorganisms living within our body, the estimates are the ratio is either one-to-one one or they outnumber our cells, 10 to one. So it's either, it's either even either even or as high as the outnumber ourselves 10 to 1. So if you uh, put someone's heart on a scale, you know, weigh about a pound, you get someone's brain, uh, their cranial brain, put on scale, weigh about three pounds. But if we took our microbiome and put it in a bag and weigh it, it weighs six to seven pounds. Okay, so it's really significant that we understand how that works and how to take care of it. Yeah. If we take care of it, And so that's something that is not common knowledge, and that that should be being broadcast all over the media in order to how to keep people healthy. I went to the CDC's website and looked through it, and I couldn't find one sentence talking to people, the public, about how to boost your immune system. I couldn't find one
1: sentence, yeah,
0: okay, about it. But it's the Center for Disease Control, okay? Well. It's really easy to control it if our, if our if our immune system is doing its job. And so these people that you hear about that, hey, they were exposed to COVID, they have COVID-19, but they're asymptomatic. That's because their immune system wiped it out. Yeah, it showed up in their body and was no problem for their immune system. So it's all about that immune system and how we can boost it. And things that hurt our immune system are things like smoking, excess alcohol use, Lack of exercise, lack of H2O, lack of sunlight, right? getting out, lack of fresh air. These are all things, and if we don't do them, we are actually hurting our microbiome. The last thing I'm going to say about this is really interesting is, you know, we've really abused antibiotics. Oh, my gosh. Country. I can't, can't speak for other countries, but I know we have here. So here's what people need to understand. One round... Of antibiotics, so you're ten days, right? They take this until they're gone. Ten days, one round of antibiotics. It, it's like a, a forest fire for your microbiome. Yep. Just with one round of antibiotics, takes your microbiome two years to recover. Right.
1: Two years. Thank you for thank you for
0: that. Right. <clears throat> yep. Huge, huge. So these are things that we can do. We can take take control of. We're the dominant species on the planet. Right. But we're not behaving, many people aren't behaving that way. And beyond the dominant species. Our bodies are amazing. We just need to help our body. And our body will take care of us unbelievably. You know, how many thousands of years have we been here already? You know. I've never, seen that, I've never seen any king drawings or any old art where people were masked up in, in history. No. History.
1: You know. <clears throat> There's so many components about this that are interesting, excuse me. Um, I wanna work backwards a little bit. The, the, The point that I wanted to add to yours when you were talking about the physical parts of what we need to do to sustain and boost a healthy immune system. You know, friends, when you're thinking about your body, you have your cardiovascular system, you have your cardiac system, you have your vascular system, you have your endocrine system, which is all your hormones we have all the you have your you have your orthopedic system your skeletal system we have all these systems that are the architecture and the functionings of our body and and here's the beauty of another thing that we need to do as we're drinking water as we're eating don't do it when you're miserable don't eat when you're crabby don't go out to dinner with somebody to make up <laughs> Make up and then go eat because if you eat while you're furious or unhappy or crabby, you are going to be, you're going to get a stomach ache. You know, your throat is not going to be open the way that it should be. And you're not going to savor the food and enjoy the sensual experience of the, the dining. I don't care if you're going, wherever you're going. So the moods that we have, for every thought, there is an emotion, and vice versa. And the pairing of the two release neurotransmitters into our bloodstream and influence everything about us. I mean, come on. Stop and think about it. When, when you are smiling and when you are laughing, and what you know when you've laughed raucously, those really great belly laughs? I mean, you never forget those. You're having fun. It's so much delight. And you physically feel so much better. Norman Cousin wrote The Anatomy of an Illness. And he, had, he, was, uh, he was either the publisher or something with the New York Times or the magazine review or something. Anyway, it was decades ago. I love that guy because what he did was he said, hey, then there's a movie and there's a book. <clears throat> my doctor is my best friend. He tells me I'm sick. I got to go in the hospital. I go into the hospital. I can't believe it. They wake me up all night long, coming into my room, checking on me, wanting to take bodily fluids, wanting to see how I'm feeling. I was sleeping. I don't. I was fine. And they they bring in this food that is such icky. I can't stand it. So my wife starts, you know, cooking food and bringing it in to me. And then the hospital gets mad. What are you bringing in food for? We have to control your diet. So what he said to his doctor, he said, look, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to check out of here. I'm going to check into that high luxury hotel across the street. I'm going to rent all my favorite comedies, all my favorite movies. It was back in the day when we had VCRs and and all that. And my wife and I, my wife's going to cook for me, plus the hotel is going to come in. And you can send the nurses over. I'll hire nurses. I'll hire private duty nurses to check on me. And you can round on me in the hotel but I'm not going to stay here. It's First of all, the place is full of sick people. He's more germs here than anybody else, than anywhere else. And so what he was able to do and what his physician was kind enough to do was they documented the impact of happiness, and it's a freedom, friends. It's a freedom. Happiness is a choice, but it is a freedom because it's a freeing experience for your mind and your body. And it's just what Dr. Charlie's been talking about. You get into lockdown on, oh, I'm sick. People, I can't tell you how many people, Charlie, say to me, I don't care what's wrong with me. I go to my doctor and I just say to them, just fix it. That's your job. Just fix it. Uh no, their job is to talk with you about what's wrong but but stop and think about this for a minute how many people when you go to the dentist how many people know how many teeth you have in a normal mouth how many people know what wisdom teeth are really how many people know where their heart is and, and by the way ask the youngest people in our culture because we no longer are sent to schools in this country and told to put your right hand over the left side of your chest To say the pledge of allegiance with your hand on your heart that's where your heart is a lot of people are going oh wait a second i don't know and then they cross both ways you know it's like you can't put your hand over both sides of your of your chest and tell us that you know where it is how many people know where is your liver where is your pancreas where's your appendix where are your kidneys what do they do what are your adrenal glands this is horrifying our anatomy is something that that is very simple. It's the same structure for everybody. We ought to be helping one another learn <clears throat> and helping one another see where all of our architecture is at. Because when you walk into your car, you know where to you know where the ignition is. You know where the brake is. You know where the seat adjustment and the mirror adjustments are. You know where the radio is, or where the plug-in for your phone is. When you walk into your house that you you live in or apartment or condo or whatever, you know where the staircase and the bathroom and all the bedrooms and closets are, but you wake up inside of your body every single day. Do you know where your toes are? Yeah, because they're really obvious. They're on the outside. But are you in good enough shape to inspect your feet every day? That's why podiatry is a lot of older people who have gotten out of condition, they can't look at their feet anymore. They can't cut their own toenails anymore. And come on, what are we doing to ourselves? Now, I say that lovingly, by the way. I'm not slamming anybody. The last couple decades that my parents were alive, I was their podiatrist. I mean, seriously. And their pedicurist and their manicurist. They they were both really infirmed. had cardiovascular disease they were having strokes and and it broke my heart it was my pleasure and god's gift to me to have the experience to take care of them but you know how heartbreaking it was for me for them to know that they couldn't do that for themselves and 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 there's people who are young that i know who are in that position now and people who are terrified of this virus and of getting sick charlie and they don't understand that your immune system is as much about your emotionality as it is about your uh, your physical symptoms and By the way, one analogy I love plants, and when I was learning about plants and working in greenhouses i I was learning everything I could about botany and biology and horticulture. And I remember saying to people who are really expert in it, I don't understand, like, why do these plants over here have a bug infestation and some sort of disease? Well, because that plant is a a receptive host. I said, what do you mean a receptive host? Because to me, a host was either communion wafer and mass or a host was the person who opened the door and greeted you into their home, right? Well, a plant is a receptive host for a disease if they've been compromised. They're either not getting enough sunlight or they're getting too much sunlight and getting burned or you've overwatered them or underwatered them. But the point is they are not living in the conditions that are ideal For them to feel like, I don't have to work to be here. I'm getting all the nourishment I need. Our bodies and our minds, particularly at this juncture in our history, are working so hard, as you said at the beginning of this broadcast, to keep all the noise at bay, to try to sift through fact from fiction. And then with fueling, I'm angry. Give me a burger. I'm depressed. I'm driving through a fast food and getting burger, fries, and a Coke, everything I can remember from Americana that will make me feel happier. Okay, for the moment, for your eyes, your mind, and your mouth. But when you're processing all the junk food, it is junk for your body. We have to remember that we are the host. And as the host, be the ultimate polite to your own self. Inflammation. We are a nation of inflammation. (laughs) Emotionally and then in our bodies. Talk about what inflammation does in terms of robbing you of your freedom. Oh, Dr. Charlie Cartwright of chiropractic (laughs) physicianry. Oh, no. Inflammation is there
0: are just so many things that we that we're consuming now that cause inflammation within our bodies, and it's so ca- counterproductive to our overall health. It, 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 it's amazing. And I remember talking to a lady I'd met several years ago, and she had changed her diet because she she had read and and understood that several things that she was eating were causing inflammation internally, and she said now I look around, she said I see all these swollen puffy people everywhere because it's really rampant in our in our in our culture, in our society, the way we the way we consume some of it isn't even really food, right? It's it's not food. What is it? I mean, a twinkie is not food. <laughs> There's zero nutritional value, right, in it. Um, There's so many things like that that people can fill up on, but not. Their
1: filler. That's a really good thing. That's filler.
0: Right. And and then at the end, so their body has not received really the nutrition it needs, but their stomach is they took in a bunch of calories that then get stored as what? Fat. and the cycle continues and it continues and it continues. So it really and there's nothing you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I love my pastries, I love enjoying those things, but you've got to the overarching portion of your diet has to be nutritional itself. Fruits, vegetables, vegan a rainbow and making sure that I think I think everyone should take a supplement, a vitamin supplement. And just to make sure that you're getting everything you need. And even with vitamin supplements, because that industry is not regulated, right. you have to do your homework, because there's things you can spend your money on and take, and they're doing zero for your body. So it pays to do some research there, You know, spend an extra dollar or two a day on our solid supplement, and it'll, you'll you'll get a great return and a better uh, overall health.
1: I'll tell you what, I became a nutritionist when I was 19 years old, and you couldn't be more correct. And the thing that really hurts my heart is that I used to do nutritional analyses for people. So we would talk about what you've been eating, what the body really needs, and I could tell you what, how many grams, how many micrograms, milligrams were in any particular food item. I can't do that anymore because the food has gotten so corrupted. So we would need new studies to evaluate all that, which is a really good idea, but I'm not going to go do that. I don't have the technology to do that. So someone, someone should, you know, someone ethereal, right? So what I've actually done in the interim, you know, there's certain things that I do on a daily basis. I drink, I, I try to drink at least a gallon of water every day, a gallon of water every day. And you should have as many fluid ounces of water as half your body weight, right? and uh, there's a absolutely eat the rainbow and make sure that in that rainbow it's fruits and vegetables and don't go crazy on fruits cuz they're too much sugar fruits are a treat do your vegetables uh, make sure that you get in your protein and carbs are not your enemy but don't be eating don't don't buy a package of twinkies because those are your carbs okay I mean, if you want to do that, because that's your filler. All right. Well, then you better make up for it by having some other fillers, and veggies are carbs, and then get get the protein that you need, because the protein's going to sustain your musculature and your brain. It's
0: interesting. I've I've been a for years. I am like a professional bodybuilding fan. And I was was into it for for many years when I was younger and so now I'm not because it's not a it's it's not on the professional level it's not a healthy lifestyle because of the drug
1: use. Yeah.
0: However, when you wanna talk about nutrition, they know that like nobody's business. They understand it so well. Yeah. They measure every single thing that goes into their body from a nutritional standpoint. And every single serious professional bodybuilder that I've ever seen interviewed, when they ask them about how they become lean and all these things, the number one thing they say is 90% of your diet. Yeah.
1: It's
0: not the gym. It's not the treadmill. It's not running endless miles or walking. They all say that you cannot out cardio your diet. You can't. You That's can't do it.
1: true. So it's, it's 90% of what you. eat. That's 90%
0: of it. And so I think it's a really fair statement when we talk about staying healthy, that what we're putting in our body, ninety percent of our health is what we're putting in. Yeah. Right? And that's physically and that's also a mental standpoint.
1: It, it, absolutely. So um for about the last uh, year I've been actually I've always I have I've been waiting for this. I have my whole my entire life seriously since I was a kid and started studying nutrition because my dad introduced me to the idea. I was maybe 10 and he started talking to me about the food industry. And I was like, what do you mean industry? You mean the grocery? No, the food industry. It's big business. And he started talking to me about pharmaceutical industry. And I was like, dad, that's medicine. What are you talking about? But he just, you know, he was one of these thought leaders. And so he thought about all this. Well, When I started learning about nutrition and nutrition and behavior and, and, you know, sugar high and reading the book, by the way, our audience should all look for this book, sugar blues, sugar will take you on a high and then crash you down. Like somebody's throwing you on your head and type one diabetes. You know, if you, if you get diabetes, your body is going to just be breaking down, breaking down. Well, I kept searching for, A nutritional substance that I could use and that I could promote to my clients who I was helping out nutritionally and it was great because there were a lot of there were a lot of brands uh, 40 years ago that were amazing reliable pure well about 20 years ago that really started changing And, you know, these little private uh, companies are bought up by bigger companies. And excuse me to all the accountants that I know, love, and respect. But they go in there and go, you know how you could save 11 cents? You know, you could cut out these ingredients. Okay, so everybody started looking at the profit margins. Hey, I'm a capitalist. I don't begrudge anybody the dollars. However, not when it comes to compromising goodness. So then I started thinking, you know, in terms of epigenetics, and and nutraceuticals, really developing formulas that are based on our DNA in particular. And now, I, I really rebelled against the idea of DNA testing because, you know, corrupt things can happen, and I never wanted anybody to come and, and take my DNA because I figured I'd see me walking down the street someday. <laughs> what an ego, right? Like somebody's got a mad desire to recreate Deb Carlin. So anyway, there's a there's a company that I've been working with and we do we create a product, we do a mouse swab. I've been taking this product for not quite a year, maybe it's like 8 8 months or something like that, and they create a nutraceutical based on your DNA. And they they send you this beautiful report that tells you what your various vulnerabilities and strengths are. And the nutraceutical that they create for you is customized only for you. You can't share it with anybody. It won't do them any good. It only does you good. It's all organic. It's all fruits and vegetables and herbs that are organic. Well, let me tell you something. I've noticed, for me, I've always been pretty healthy, depending on my emotionality. Right? Uh, But... Every part of me is a little better, and I'm just going to continue taking that because I don't want to be playing the game of guessing what do I need. And that is the problem. When people are taking supplements, friends, you really have to find who it is who's going to be a credible resource for you. Don't just be going into Walgreens and saying to somebody, hey, what do you take? You have to really do the research, and and it's not just supplements, but it's really a nutraceutical. It is getting your nutrition additionally supplemented through something that you're taking in the way of a powder or or a capsule of some sort, right, Charlie? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I love the um, Juice Plus. Yeah, um, that is the most. To my knowledge, that is the most widely studied uh, supplement in history. I mean, there are there are hundreds of studies. I mean, you pull it up, yeah, study after study after study, and so it's natural, it's good stuff, and it's it's you know I don't sell it, but I I use it, and it's it's really good, great stuff, and you'll notice a difference, yeah, specifically with that. So I think that. Um, just really taking ownership of our of our health that like you said that's and that takes discipline right to take ownership of our health and, and really start to to learn and understand this body we're living in but there's a there's a there's a saying that discipline leads to freedom
1: yeah it or does that, that's what yeah, that's right. Get into that routine that's productive and it leads to freedom. Well, the product that I was talking about, and I and I've been involved with this company, and I and I and I and I, I enroll people to be able to participate in it. Is Euphoria, which is a great name for it, because it is euphoric. To really think that you are getting everything you need, but I'm a proponent of Juice Plus too. I think it's absolutely spectacular, and delicious.
0: Yeah, it's amazing too that it'll because all that all that, that food they have dehydrated their system in there. Right. That you it you it actually encourages you to drink a lot of water <laughs> because your body wants to hydrate all of that nutrition that is just uh, yeah. Consuming. So it's really really good stuff.
1: Boy, we've co- we've been covering a lot of ground here today, and the thing I like about it is that you and I come in here and we know what the theme is, but we don't know. what we're we're going to be motivated by when we we enter the studio. And I like that. You know, I have have other people who want to do a show, want to do an episode, and they're a little bit nervous about it. Okay, that's okay. But you and I, this is a perfect name for a show for us. we, We have the freedom with each other to say, listen to what I'm talking about. And our brains just go there, and we can just fill up the time talking about it. I'll tell you one thing I'm really worried about in our country right now. I'm really worried about all the places where our cities have been captured by people who are, uh, I don't, you know, you can say protesting. I say rioting. How about if we say all the people who are animated, staying up all night, running rampant, not sleeping. I want to know what they're eating. I want to know how they're hydrating because there is no way, especially when you're angry and you're inflamed, there's no way that you are not going to end up getting sick.
0: Yeah, it's true. I, I met a doctor a few years back out of Minneapolis, and he was talking about his research. matter of fact, was the one that really taught me a lot about uh, microbiome. And uh, he was saying that in the future, that we will treat criminal behavior through nutrition. He said, "I guarantee you that 99% of the people in the penitentiary act right now." He said, "If I did a got their blood work and did a profile, so they're all unhealthy." He said, "I guarantee He said, "I guarantee you."
1: And they have been. Right. That's
0: because uh, so, uh, there's a lot that leads to impulse control and or the lack thereof, right? Uh, due to being in poor health due to being in poor nutrition, they look fine, okay, but they're unhealthy, like we talked about at the beginning of the, the broadcast. So we really believe that in the
1: future, uh, aberrant behavior will be treated with diet. let that's huge. Let's start right now, seriously. There's no yeah. better time in history than right now to start. You know, if we can – I have long been a proponent – and speaker of the ways in which we need to, from conception, hopefully before, but from conception be neutrifying the, the brain, the spirit, and the body of that, that growing embryo. We need to, from the very beginning, when our babies are in our arms, tell them, you know, we play these games with babies, right? Where's your nose? Where's your eyes? Where's your mouth? Where's your ears? Where's your tummy? Where's your toes? Okay. Where's your heart? <laughs> Where's your gallbladder? And and then start introducing babies and little children to what is it that you want to eat. I mean, why do we with children? This has always fascinated me. If you're good, I'll give you a cookie. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you're bad, you got to eat an apple. If you're really rotten, you know, it's like, wait a second, we need to, we need to change the associations and, and really stop thinking that food needs to be fast. I love having people over, and people always say, oh, you don't, go, you don't have to go to all that trouble. Why do you want to go to all their trouble? Trouble, it's joyful this is about handling wonderful food product that's going to nutrify us i get to i get to replenish you and myself as well instead set a, a tablescape and a scene that's going to relax us and 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 be nutrifying and relaxing to all of our senses and then we talk and have dialogue why what why don't we do that and it has nothing to do with how many dollars you have. You can do this really. I mean, you can go extravagant, but you can do this very, very cheaply, very inexpensively, and then laugh every day. Find something funny. So true. So true. Yeah, I mean, if you can't, if if you're not finding anything funny, go. You know go on TV and and look at comedy if that's not funny go on go on your computer on your phone and look up what's so funny i mean just put in funny i want to laugh now just you know like you can you can actually if you have if you have a Siri you can say Siri laugh really hard and then Siri laughs really hard makes you start laughing or go look mm-hmm. in the mirror and and just you know force a laugh i've done this with audiences okay we're going to do a belly laugh everybody put your hands on your belly all right now on the count of three everybody's going to start laughing now some people are going tell her to shut up (laughs) (laughs) we can't do that and i go oh yeah shut up you're hilarious and you can make people start to laugh and even even the outliers who hate it once everybody else is laughing, it's contagious and you can't help yourself. It's true. Now, imagine if we did that in all the places where we have trouble. And it's not to be frivolous and dismiss people's pain, but it is to start to quell the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So true. That uh, it changes that just changes uh, changes everything. Laughter. There's a there's a famous Mark Twain quote about laughter. It's it's a wonderful quote. I see. I'll throw that up real quick. Oh, good. It's a it's a wonderful quote.
1: I love Mark Twain. I loved everything about the stories, and I and I love St. Louis because I just imagine seeing. Tom Sawyer and Becky Thatcher and I love a white picket fence because I expect to see Tom out there trying to get his buddies to do the painting for him those are good stories yeah he just um, he's just he just he, he, was, he was
0: just uh, really I think ahead of the time in the,
1: In a lot of ways. Yeah. Samuel Clemens. Yeah. That was a great name. And it's interesting when people write under a pen name. I wonder how many of our listeners know that Mark Twain was really Samuel Clemens. (laughs) I grew up thinking maybe Mark Twain was like uh, Tom Sawyer's uncle or something.
0: Yeah, like a, um, yeah, he was, um, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, yeah, a lot of people aren't familiar with the pse- pseudonyms, right? Right. If
1: I can. The other thing I love, you know, going back in time like that, part of, part of what I do, and it's not so much about laughing hard out loud, but it's comfort, is I absolutely love watching old black and whites so, Andy of Mayberry and the Dick Van Dyke show and Hazel, those are some of my all-time favorites. Love those. Love those series.
0: Yeah, that's actually the Andy Griffith show is um, one of my one of my favorites of all time and just because of the the humor and you know, just the humanity involved in it. Uh, Mayberry,
1: the little town of Mayberry, and B. Oh,
0: yeah, Barney Five, <laughs> all, all, all of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just um, Opie. It's just yeah, yeah. Of course, who knew that he was gonna be. Uh As big as he ended
1: up being, oh my gosh, Ron Howard can do anything,
0: yeah, he's really had a great career and uh
1: do you know that he and his wife and their kids, from what I've read, uh live in uh out of on like a farm out in California. I don't know if that's true or not, but I like to think it okay, Dr. Charlie, we've got three minutes, so you find in your quote?
0: You know, I'm working on it hard and, and so I see it um I see it paraphrased, but my the beautiful quote that I wanted is is, is really um uh, is really escaping me. Um who's gonna find it. So anyway, he said that he said that there's only you know, we only have one real weapon and that that's laughter, right? And how when when laughter uh, comes up that uh you know all hurt, all pain, all suffering kind of slip slip away and they're replaced by a sunny disposition.
1: Uh.
0: And that that's the that's the paraphrasing of it. And it was just so it is such a powerful quote he had about it. And of course I couldn't put my hand on it when that's
1: I'm that's all right. It.
0: But well but he you have to say it several times in different
1: ways. You find but, uh, it and we'll put it on we'll put it on the cover of the of the video that we do. How about that? I like that. I like that too. Hey, listen, we gotta wrap it up because we are down to the last two minutes. Any words of wisdom as we part, Dr. Charlie?
0: Yes, I think that uh, you know, everyone should just take a little bit of time today, this weekend, and just honestly assess the state of your health. I mean it's where I'm at. Yep, and take a look at areas of opportunity for improvement, and then then start attacking those.
1: Hallelujah!
0: And, and that way you'll improve your immune system, you know, day by day, and your quality of life.
1: There you go, the ultimate freedom. So get to know your body, friends, and you're living in there. You ought to know what, what room you're in, what department you got to pay attention to. This is your host. Dr. Deb Carlin and Dr. Charlie Cartwright saying ta until next Friday. Peace out. Talk to you later, Charlie.
0: Have a great weekend. Thank you.
1: Thank you.